0: Welcome to Small, Medium, Large Hoops Podcast, where you hear all things college hoops from a player's perspective. Here are your hosts, the coach on the court, Luke Collins, the stat sheet stuffer, Drew Miller, and you want to fight bro, Ryan Van Hook. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. Nice to have you again this week. Uh, We're here with Small, Medium, Large Podcast. Check us out on Twitter, SML Hoops, find us on iTunes, give us a shout out, give us some ratings. We're excited to be back with you this week. It's been a big week of college basketball, a lot a lot of good games, a lot of excitement, learning a lot about some young teams, uh, and uh, just excited to get the season a couple weeks in. We had UCLA over Kentucky, that was yesterday, Baylor over Xavier, Indiana over North Carolina, We had that ACC Big Ten Challenge where the ACC came out on top. We're going to kind of touch on these some. Uh, We've kind of, you know, gotten far enough into the season where we can make some judgments long term. Who's set up well based on their non-conference schedule. Who's going to kind of fall off that started strong, that maybe had a weak non-conference and might fall off come conference season. The conference season always looks so much different than the non conference. You're able to scout teams much more, you know much more about them. And so, you know, there's kind of a debate on what you want your non conference to look like. Do you want to load up a lot of heavy, good teams? Do you want to mix in some good teams with some confidence boosters, so to say? would you rather run through the non-conference with an undefeated schedule going into the conference season? There's different ways to look at it, different takes. And, you know, one one team, obviously Michigan State, we talk about them all the time. They've kind of started with this brutal schedule here at the very start. So we're going to kind of touch on theirs and kind of what we think about that. Uh, So, Luke, you want to start us off? What do you think about this Michigan State schedule? And do you think it being beneficial for them long-term, maybe – maybe some other teams that have kind of started off like this.
1: Yeah, I've never really seen anything like it. I mean, what they've done this year has just been brutal. Um, it, it's hard to know because they schedule a year or two in advance. Um, but what they've gone through, I think, has been a little too much, and that's why you've seen uh, Izzo apologize. But I definitely think you want to err on that side versus a cupcake uh, walk-in-the-park schedule just because uh, you know you're going to face tough teams in March, and if you want to win in March and April – uh, you've got to play tough teams, but I think you need more of a balance, um, especially with a young team like that. I think, you know, they've lost their confidence a little bit, and they played much better against Duke, so it was good to see them uh, turn the corner a little bit, but nonetheless it was still a loss. Um, so you've got to be careful, um, you, know, you know, not have too many losses. A few losses are okay, but, you know, they're going to drop several games in, in conference play, so you've got, they're going to be a borderline, you know, um team to get into the dance i think uh come march
2: yeah kind of kind of going along with that i i agree with you luke i like the you know i like the Aaron on a tough non-conference schedule because i mean when you look at the big 10 in michigan state the big 10 is is a strong conference they got purdue wisconsin indiana i mean even michigan and ohio state could be could be tough teams for michigan state to beat and i think that this the way that it's scheduled out in this tough road that they've started off with is only preparing them and like you know they're getting all these kinks worked out in the beginning of the season so that they're playing the absolute best that they can play come conference tournament come NCAA tournament just because they've seen so many different things you know in this first you know 10 to 15 games in the in the non-conference schedule so I, I agree with you Luke I like the, the Aaron on the side of um, having the tough non-conference but then you know kind of like like you were touching on too i think you need to they need they need to get some confidence boosters because you can't get completely beaten down completely depleted that's just going to suck the confidence right out of you and then you just you're you're kind of trying to build that back up and and you know that's something that's that's hard to get back after you've struggled for so long and you know had to weather the storm but um I, I like the fact that they're doing this this tough non conference. It's I I hope it pays pays out for them because they've got so much potential. But, you know, like we've like we've said in past episodes, such a such a young team. It'll be it'll be hard to tell.
1: Drew, how do you think about? You know, they're going to probably end up you know looking at somewhere around twenty and twelve. You know, if we had to just go through their schedule, Do you think that it's worth it playing that many tough games because you know even if they do get in, they're probably going to drop down to a. You know, a ten eleven seed versus if maybe they had played half of the half of those games. You know, cut those tough games in half and then in the non conference. Maybe they're looking at a a six seed, uh, and you know, it's a lot easier to make it yeah. a deep run as a six seed than a ten seed. What do you think about that, Drew?
0: Yeah, and I, I think it, the way I kind of look at it, you know, they had these really tough games here. They're sitting at five and four. Lost to four good teams. The only quality that win they have is against Wichita State. And, you know, I, I don't know if losing to a bunch of good teams really benefits them here. Um, my, my fear here for them is, like you guys mentioned, they've got Purdue, Wisconsin, Michigan, Indiana, Ohio State. That's a really good conference teams. Those five teams make up nine of their conference games, nine of 19. Mm. So if they lose, the majority, let's say they finish – fourth fifth in the conference we're looking at 20 and 12 at best a you know 25 and 8 maybe um if they're on a bubble here you know what are their quality wins maybe a couple of those in conference games um but you look at their non-conference they didn't beat anybody good outside of wichita state yeah. who as we know their roster yeah. last year uh, just completely flipped yeah and so yeah, and i don't see I don't them know. finishing I think...
1: fourth in the conference do you see there any way that
0: they finish fourth in their conference no, I think that's best case scenario. I, I yeah. my, my point here is that if, they, if these tough games don't bear fruit in the conference season and they struggle, they're putting themselves in a really tough spot come conference season. Yeah.
1: At the end of the day, you you got to beat somebody. I mean, just playing tough teams does prepare you. But at the end of the day, for your for your resume, you know, to get that better seed, you know, you've got to balance having a good seed with preparing yourself. You know, maybe you don't need that one seed, but you you know, it's a lot easier as a two, three, four seed. You know, the stats to get into the Final Four, you know, you're much higher, the higher higher seed is.
0: Yeah, absolutely. But we can look at it this way, and you know, we, we talk about, you know, this podcast is from a player's perspective. From a player's perspective, would we want this schedule?
1: I mean, I, I, I want to play in Hawaii. I mean, yeah,
0: <laughs> I want to yeah. play in,
1: in the Madison Square Garden. <clears throat> I want to play at Cameron Indoor. <clears throat> um,
0: but I also want to win. I hate losing. So, I mean... I, I, I think, Yeah, absolutely. I mean we look at our senior season, you know, we we played on a much smaller scale, we played division 3, but we had a 20 win season and that's really hard to come by in division 3 when you play far less games. You know, we finished 12, 20 and 7 and I look back at that and how proud I am of that. I don't know if I would have traded traded that maybe 18 and 9 to play 2 with the top 10 teams. I don't know if I would have done that and I look back we lost on our conference championship in the tournament. And I don't think that if we would have played two of the top ten teams like St. Thomas or Benedictine or Amherst that we would have won that conference championship. I, I don't know if that would have directly related. You know, it's kind of a what if. Um, but I think we were our best team that we were at the end of the season even without those two. So I don't know if those two would have directly related to a conference championship or not. And personally, I don't think I would have traded that that 20-7 yeah. and seven record for two top ten teams. I think the biggest thing for me is I don't
1: ever want to really play cupcakes, like games where you're basically just playing, you know you're going to win, and guys can almost get selfish because you're up 20, 30 points. I didn't think those were fun. I'd much rather see, you know, if you're going to play a lesser team, maybe a team that you you know you're probably going to win, maybe it's still a good solid mid-major, maybe a Valpo, or uh, well not a St. Mary's, they're probably too good, but, you know, a solid uh, a Belmont and Davidson a solid program versus just these teams that are just, you know, so much worse. And I understand you wanna play you know, they have connections in the athletic departments and they want to play teams in their state to give them money and things like that. But the teams I couldn't stand playing were the teams that we were just so much better than, you know, at least make it a competition where we where we had to learn something. Maybe maybe it's a team that's not as good as we are, but they have they play zone the whole game. Okay so now we're prepared when we do face a zone later in the season in conference for that zone or maybe a pressing team. So I think as a coach maybe I want to schedule maybe I schedule Syracuse or Louisville to play that style of play because in the tournament you're gonna to face so many different styles of play that you, you know you never know what you're gonna face.
2: Well and it's 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 one of those things too if you have all you know cupcake teams on your schedule or teams that are you know significantly less, talented than you know michigan state for this for instance because that's who we're talking about then from a you know from a player's perspective it's kind of hard to get excited for that it's kind of hard to get hyped up and you're gonna make more mistakes you're gonna be lackadaisical you're gonna play down to the competition you're playing with but you know first game of the season they're playing arizona you know top 10 matchup like you're excited for that your adrenaline is through the roof you're ready to perform that's going to be you know that's that's how you want to start off the season but if you're you know if you're running through you know whoever it is teams that are you know not even gonna be 500 on the season and you know you're gonna win you know that could be a game where you mess up and you you lose to that team and that that's just another blemish on your resume
0: like indiana and ipfw Exactly. Yes. Exactly. Exactly. Just. Yeah. I don't. I, I. think you've got to have a couple of games that are really going to test you. And, you know, you don't want to go 14, 15 or zero in the wrong conference. You need to have a couple that. You know, there's a good chance that you get punched in the mouth on it, and you got to figure out where you're at, who you are. I think that's beneficial. Um, but I think to Michigan State's point where you got four losses that you know you didn't really look all that good, but maybe in one or two, you know you're not really finding yourself. You're just exposing your weaknesses in my point of view. Yeah. I don't think they're building much confidence off of that, or confidence. Um, but, I, like I said, you got to have those one or two that really punch you in the mouth, yeah. you know, to kind of bring it back to yeah. to us. In our experience, you know, we had a game where we played Division One against Lipscomb, you know, really test us, exposed our weaknesses, but we also had some divisions Division III um, where we went to Washington University. <laughs> my, my most vivid memory of Washington University is when we first walked into their gym. You know, when you walk into most Division three arenas, you know, you've got the banners on the walls, that, you know, conference champion in 1984, conference champion 1994. You know, some of them have volleyball up there or, you know, golf, something some of them in their school, when you walk into Washington University's gym, they only have national championship banners hung. Yep. That is the most intimidating thing, and it's not like they had one over in the corner. The gym was full yeah. of national championship banners, yeah. mm-hmm. and you knew mm-hmm. when you walked in there you were going to play the, one of the best teams that you'll play in your career at a Division three level, and we we definitely got popped in the mouth that day. Yes. Yeah,
1: and, and that... You want to play those those good teams, but that wasn't a fun day. You know, we weren't like, oh wow, we we got to play, you know, we got to play uh, Wash U. You know, that was not a fun experience. The next year, I would say, I think it was not beneficial that year um, per se for that season. But I think it did show us um, as a young team what we had to do to really be competitive. It it set that bar. So I don't think it was good for that season. And, but when we played them the next year, I think it benefited, even though we lost in a close game, you know, it it made us tougher. So I think if Michigan State was, if these freshmen were going to stay four years, I would say this was helping them. Uh, But since, you know, a lot of them bridges, it'll be a new team every year. um, You know, it's probably not helping them this year. I think it's too much. What, what does it help you to play Indiana and at Cameron Cameron Indoor? Why not just pick one of them? You know, you're never going to play at Cameron Indoor in the tournament That's why you see more teams going to neutral site.
2: Um, I'm just confused why you would want to play that many top five teams. Well, do you think? I mean, do you think these Michigan State young guys? Do you think they're sticking around, or do you think they're leaving? I mean, you made that point. Like, it could be a completely new team next year. Like, what do you see? I mean, how do you see them going forward in the future?
1: Yeah, I see Bridges definitely going pro. He, you know, he's had his bumps now, but he'll be all right. Uh, But I, I don't really see any of the. The young guys, any you have Langford, you know, is good. They've got several uh, good young players, but I don't see any of the other ones going pro. There's too many other good freshmen going pro, uh, yeah. so Bridges probably is the only one going. So maybe they do have most of their team coming back next year. So maybe this will help them
2: next year. But you know, in the world we live in, it seems like mm-hmm. it's win for me now. Exactly. I mean, and yeah, I mean, even if Bridges sticks around next year, like that's that's scary. That's scary what they could what they can do yeah. if he. Sticks around and they have you know
0: pretty much the same roster that they have this year. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Then it would be. I worth agree. It. Yeah. Before we move on here, I want to come back to that day that Luke said was so tough for him. That wasn't that tough because that's the same day that Auburn beat Georgia with a hail mary <laughs> tip pass to take it to the house. That's Luke right. was running around that gym thrilled. For the, for the <laughs> listener, for the for the listeners now, if if you
2: haven't figured out, Luke is. Probably the biggest Auburn fan in the country, maybe? That I've ever come across. Yeah, we'll see.
0: We'll I think see. that's pretty safe. Sure All right, is well. so, so what other teams, you know, after looking at this non conference have impressed or, you know, maybe are still a little bit suspect? Who other teams can we, you know, kind of pull something about them from this non conference? Well, I think. I mean, I think just how you started
2: the show, I think we got to talk about UCLA and their win over Kentucky this weekend. I mean, that was – we we all picked Kentucky, and obviously that did not go the way we had planned. So I think we got to talk about how, how UCLA has impressed us with this big win over Kentucky. So what do, you, what do you think, Lucas?
1: Yeah, I think they've been really impressive. You know, they were scoring all those points, and, you know, us included were really questioning them because they hadn't played anybody yet. But now I think they're the clear-cut favorite to win the Pac-12. I think, you know, Oregon has really looked suspect. Um, and I know Dylan Brooks will continue to get healthy, and, and they'll get better and better. But in uh, Arizona, is just so depleted that, uh, you know, I think they're the clear-cut favorite. I still have my doubts. I, I think it's just the style of play. I prefer a defensive team, uh, you know, to make a run. Um, so that free-flowing style, you know, defense travels offense doesn't always travel and so that that worries me to win six straight games but can they go to a final four absolutely i mean lonzo ball has been the talk of the hoop college hoops world so i think they're they're very fun to watch leaf inside is really good and, and nobody's talking about bryce alford so mm, they're fun to watch out. i mean yeah they're, they're a great offensive team but I, I still think they're gonna you know drop several games in conference play just because it's so hard to win on the road in in college mm-hmm. um Drew, what do you think about the Bruins? I know you watched the game.
0: Yeah, I think they were as advertised. I think that they are the real deal. They have so many offensive weapons. Um, You know, you mentioned T.J. Leaf, Lonzo Ball, Bryce Alford. Holiday had a great game. He came up clutch, especially in that first half when Lonzo Ball was pretty quiet. Um, But Lonzo Ball, he can do so much more than just score. You know, he's kind of got an awkward shot over on his shoulder. But it goes in, and, you know, he can – create for everyone else. He leads the nation in assists, and that's something that we forget. Something we haven't talked about is his ability to create for other people is is among the best that I've seen at the college level this year. And so I think they're going to be really fun to watch. You're right, the biggest worry is defense because you're right, offense doesn't always travel. Uh, you can ask the Golden State Warriors in the finals last year. Offense doesn't always travel. Um, but, you know, I've talked for two Different episodes about how good Kentucky's defense was, and about how people just cannot score on them. UCLA made it look easy. Kentucky could not close out to a shooter. You know they're running off staggers, wide open, and Kentucky's looking at them with their hands at their side, and Lonzo Ball and and these guys really put it to them. And I think they really exposed Kentucky's defense.
1: Yeah, I think I... the most impressive part was that it was on the road in Rupp. I mean, it's so hard to win in. And... In college basketball, on the road, and a true road win—you, you know, these teams are all playing neutral site games—that was very impressive.
0: What do you think? And Ryan? Kentucky had a great offensive game too. I, yeah. I want to say, you know, in the first half they entered the first half with I think three turnovers, um, but I mean, second half I don't remember exactly what they ended with as far as turnovers go. But offensively, Kentucky had a really good game. It was just the defensive side. And then,
2: I mean, kind of going going forward, I mean, UCLA is nine and zero right now. I mean, how does that look for them going? forward like what do y'all think how do you think they're gonna you know progress are they going to be tested again are they just going to run through their schedule because I mean looking at their schedule it looks like they don't really you know they're not tested other really than you know they're playing Oregon Arizona State or not Arizona State Arizona Arizona but yes Arizona State they got Michigan Ohio State but other than that it doesn't really look like they're getting tested too much in my opinion
1: yeah, I look for them to have a good you know, shot. I at think a one this is kind of what you want. Probably lose uh, f- five games max, I would say. You know, and a lot can change, but I would say four or five losses would be fair. Looking at a one to two seed come March.
0: Yeah, I think this is kind of what you want. You know, kind of said you want to. We also we you want to mix. You know, we have some good teams and some confidence teams. Um, and I think that's kind of what they've got here. They took their shot of the best team in the nation at the time, number one ranked Kentucky, and they got that win and their schedule looks really good right now. It's at 9-0, and, you know, they say a great win against Kentucky, and they're undefeated. You, know, you can't really argue with that. They're going to play some other good teams, and we're going to find out more about them. But I think this is exactly what you want if you're a UCLA fan. Absolutely. absolutely.
1: Yeah, I'm sure Bill Walton's happy somewhere.
2: <laughs> Get that guy out of here. Shout out Steve Alford, old Iowa coach, for all you keeping track at home.
1: Would y'all think about the the Gonzaga-Arizona game, staying in the Pac-12 and the West Coast over there? I I thought Gonzaga was really impressive. Arizona fought really hard. Uh, But Ryan, I know you were, as always, impressed
2: with the big boy from Poland, uh, Karnowski. He's just, he is too big. He's too big to handle. And I mean, just from what I saw watching him in the first half, he was just, he was having his way. I mean, he was getting deep position down in the paint, down on the block, and then He's that big. If he's going to get that deep, he was just going jump hook to the right, jump hook to yeah. the left, and it was just easy money. I, Arizona didn't put up that much resistance to, to stop him from letting him do his thing in the post.
1: Yeah, and they're, they're so balanced. I was really impressed with how good he is with both hands. I mean, that's really right. – I mean, Ryan, tell I mean tell our listeners how tough that really is to guard when a guy is that
2: big and can use either hand that well. I mean, yeah, When when you're playing post defense, you're trying to – you know you got to take away something and but whenever arizona was trying to take away one thing from him he was able to you know spin back to his right hand spin back to his left hand he's a great passer with his left hand he he was just able to do his thing which is i mean he's what seven foot and then he's gotta be yeah 260 something like that probably 280 he's i mean he's a monster he's he's he was just moving or moving yeah. however he wanted to down there. So he's, yeah. he's, he's impressive.
1: Drew, I know the big question with Gonzaga um, is they're so solid and they move the ball and they have great beards um, at the guard and <laughs> uh, forward position. <clears> um, but do they have that guy in the last two minutes that can hit that, you know, really take over a game? Or who are they going to go to? I know Josh Perkins is good and, um, you know, they have a good solid team. But is, does that make you question them? come March that they don't have that one guy.
0: I think absolutely. I think if you look at the best teams across the country, especially who makes the runs late, they've got to have a solid guard. Um, yeah. Sorry, Ryan, for the big guys that are big guy dominated. Big guys don't, you know, win the championship. You know, it's going to get you there maybe. Um, but at the end of the game, you got to have somebody create, and that's what guards do is they create. Um, and I think that's the biggest question mark for Gonzaga um, you know, Villanova had Archidiakino, who was great at creating for himself and others. You know, you can go down the Josh list Hart, of, yeah. of teams that are guard heavy, and I think Gonzaga's big heavy, and that's going to be great for them, you know, t- throughout the season. But come late in a the game, they don't have that go to guy that's going to get you a bucket.
2: Yeah.
1: Yeah, that concerned me watching them.
2: And then it's, I mean, just one thing listening to the, the broadcast and hearing them talk about it. I mean, kind of to go along with that, I mean, Karnowski's. Kind of prone to injury. I mean, I think he was. Yeah. Was he was he out all all yeah. last year? Yeah, he
1: got a medical because he, he played a few games, but he got a medical red shirt because he was hurt not for the season. His right. Back. So if
2: yeah, so if his if his back flares up again, yeah. that, could, that that can, takes a that takes away such a huge part of their team. Then yeah. I mean, like you like you said, Drew. I don't really know how they're gonna how they can respond to that.
1: And how, I mean, how old is he? Is he like fifty? He's bald. I
2: mean, he's <laughs> or. Poor guy. He's he's so tall, so all his hair is just coming out at his, at his chin. He can't get any on top.
1: I mean, you know how that is there, Ryan. I mean, yeah. you, you, you're getting there.
2: Yeah. Don't worry. It'll, <laughs> you will it'll, 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 it'll be both, brother. It'll be soon. It'll be soon.
1: Apple doesn't fall far. So from let's the take it over. There.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Shout out to Jim. Yep. So, so let's take it over to the Big 12. You know, Baylor is the best team in the country right now. I mean, at least the hottest team. A great win over Oregon, and Xavier. How do we, how do we like them? Could they be can Kansas's biggest, you know, competitor to the Big Twelve championship? What do you think?
1: Yeah, I think absolutely. I think absolutely. I mean, uh, I I don't see the Big Twelve having. I mean, West Virginia is okay, but they're just not good on the road ever. So I mean, I think that Baylor's definitely the biggest contender, and I, I really like them. Uh, I love how they mix up defenses and change defenses um, with the zone and the man. And, and Jonathan Motley's been really strong inside, um, and they're so athletic. But until until Kansas is beaten, I just don't see that. Uh, you know, I'm not gonna predict that. I just think Kansas is too tough. Uh, winning in the fog is just too tough. So I'm still taking Kansas in the Big Twelve. But I think Baylor's Baylor's gonna push him again till till the very end. What do you think, Ryan?
2: Well, to kind of, I mean, to kind of go off that point, like from again, from a player's perspective, kind of analyzing this from what you know, how players look at this. If the, if Baylor is changing up defenses so much, it's so hard to get in a rhythm for that other team. You know, you're seeing so many different things. You got to come down and analyze real quick, like, oh, what you know, what are they in? Where do I, what what plays are going to work best against this defense? It's so hard to get in a rhythm and so hard to get. You know get rolling with that so i mean that's a great point to make lucas like that's that's such a hard thing for other teams to right. to deal with and i think that just gives them you know another leg up on on these other teams
1: but i mean if anybody can do it it's frank mason and Devonte graham right from kansas i mean a senior backcourt
2: that's very true that's that's absolutely very true
1: yeah so it'll be interesting i think that'll be a more competitive race than you think but i mean you think of you know, even at our level, the teams that, like Drew said, when you walked into Wash U, it was just that intimidation factor. Oh, okay, absolutely. Okay, well, Kansas is 112 straight. You know, until Baylor has beaten them, that's going to be in the back of Baylor's mind. Um, even if they're up a game or two with just a few left, I mean, that's that's always going to be in the back of their mind, just that mm-hmm. daunting, um, can they actually do it? So that'll be that'll be very
2: interesting. Absolutely, absolutely. I mean, what other? So, what other teams did you want to touch on? I know you wanted. You were talking about South Carolina. Let's let's hear your takes yeah. on, on how they're
0: looking.
1: I think South Carolina and Florida have both really impressed in the SEC. Um, you know, Cindarius uh, just got suspended, but I've heard that it's uh, Thornwell that it's just going to be a couple games possibly. Um, but he's been really impressive. I've seen him all four years there and really seen him grow up. I mean, Frank Martin's teams are always tough, and they just Take on his personality. I mean, mm-hmm. he's a tough guy. I could never play for him, but uh, he's <laughs> he's re- he's a scary dude, and he's really tough. So yeah, um, yeah. I mean, I think they're really tough, and I think they'll be the second best team in the SEC. Uh, I think last year they were good. They had such a good record. I mean, they lost very few games, like seven games, but got left just left out of the tournament because they didn't play anybody. Yeah. So I think it's been good to see them play some solid teams, Michigan and Syracuse. Those are two really good wins. Um, you know, and those aren't top 10 teams, but those are teams that should make the dance. Those uh, are
2: still, yeah, those are still solid yeah. teams. Solid so the, teams. Those
1: are good resume builders. Um, and if you know, they get second, third, even fourth in the SEC, I, I should, you know, they should get in. Cause I mean, they were like 12 and 0 they were 14 and Oh, something like that last year. They I mean, they started off hot, but everyone knew that they had played no one. So I think that's, um, good to see them play two tougher teams. Absolutely. Um, and so, you know, I don't think they'll um, compete with Kentucky necessarily. Maybe they can play them tough at home, but I, th- I think they have a good shot at getting that second seed in the SEC.
2: Yeah, for sure. I mean, they could. I mean, honestly, with what we saw this past weekend, I mean, they could make a run at Kentucky if Kentucky's yeah, you know still Kentucky's still going. still got some still got some holes to fill in. So yeah, it, that'll be it, interesting. Absolutely. absolutely. But that's, I mean, those are good points. Honestly, I know, I know nothing about South Carolina. I haven't really. (laughs) Yeah. They're not on TV much. Yeah. I haven't looked into them that much, but again, I mean, just to go off your points, Michigan and Syracuse, those are, those are quality wins. I mean, those are, those are great confidence builders, great things to, to kind of get the, get the ball rolling for them. (laughs) So.
1: Yeah. I think we should finish up with the ACC, you know, the conference that most people are picking or saying it's the best. Yeah. Conference and, and I think it has lived up to that so far. I mean that ACC and Big Ten. I would say I think the ACC's a little bit better. I think Pittsburgh's an interesting team because you know we had talked about we were going to talk about them, um, and then and then yesterday they lose to Duquesne, uh, so that kind of spoke for itself. Right. Um, maybe they're maybe they are a little overrated. There's there's several teams with really good records, um, but Pittsburgh hasn't really beaten anybody, so I'm a little concerned with them. Um, but Notre Dame's really stood out to me. Yeah. I really like them. They're 7-0. They have w- solid wins over Colorado, Northwestern, and Iowa, so
2: They're they're 8-0 right now. Yeah, yeah, really. They are 8-0 now. But yes, like I mean, yeah, like you said, he they I mean, they just look good. Um what's their their big fella? Bonzi. Bonzi yeah, Colson. He's I mean, he's so hard to stop. He's so good. Um it looks like I mean, he's averaging a double-double. He's averaging 18 points, 10 rebounds. He's just He's tough to stop. I mean, he's very versatile. And, um,
1: he's got the copper just, tips too on top. Yeah, so
2: that's, you, 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 can't really beat that. If you got yeah. that going for you, you are, you're, you're top notch. Um, what do you think about their guard play? Why don't, why don't you talk a little bit about, about some of their guards that you like and how you see them progress in this season?
1: Yeah. I mean, they're okay at guards. I don't think they have the guard play that they've had in the past. I mean, uh, but I think it's solid and I, I just trust Mike Bray um, come March, I mean, he's a Shostevsky disciple, and and they've just been um, really good. So I I think as a team, I like them. They don't have great guard play. Will it be good enough? We'll see. Absolutely. Um, but yeah, I, I don't know. They don't have a Demetrius Jackson this year, um, but they do have solid solid guard play. Um, haven't really been able to dissect their guards yet, but um, their stats are okay. Just n- no game breakers they've definitely right. been led by Bonzi Colson in the inside which hey i mean there's there's a lot of good big men this year that have been carrying their teams so absolutely it'll be interesting I mean,
2: yeah going off that i mean all these teams we've talked about it's going to be it's going to be interesting to see how they progress over the course of the season to see if they get tired to see if they wear out to see how they yeah. stack up against these other teams in their conference and their non-conference so i'm i'm really excited to see how these how the season starts to play out cuz i mean it's always it's already been a pretty exciting start to the season from what we've seen so far i mean with ucla and the yeah. the the i mean the big games in the in the classics to start off with you know right. michigan state and arizona it's gonna be yeah it's gonna be an exciting season
1: yeah it's it's been a been a fun three weeks and uh you know i think now as you see teams kind of break for for exams and then maybe play a cupcake or two you don't see a ton of Big matchups in the next couple of weeks just because of exams. Teams aren't going to play great teams, can't travel far uh, during exams. So you, you don't see any great uh, tournaments or anything in the next couple weeks. You see teams really trying to get healthy again. Right. Uh, I know UNC, you know, Joe Barry went down with an ankle. And mm-hmm. some teams are just really trying to get healthy. Obviously, Duke, Grayson didn't play, and they're still trying to get all those boys back. So teams are really going to focus on the academics the next couple weeks. Uh, but it's also a good time for these guys that, um, to get in the gym. I know during exams, that was a great time. Maybe you didn't, couldn't practice as a team as much, but it was a great time for skill development, uh, for us
2: when we were going through exams. Yeah. I mean, if you're in a, if you're in a shooting slump, if you need to work on something, this is the, the perfect time to get that confidence back, get that. You know, get that extra step, get your legs back, yeah, that kind of a legs, thing.
1: Yeah, get your legs back after that. I mean, that first month of practice is just so brutal you um, don't uh-huh. you don't really have a chance to breathe until now. So it's a good time to really catch up. So we'll see. You know, we kind of we call this kind of phase one of the season. Now is kind of done. Mm-hmm. Um, as we head into the holidays, and then conference play will start in about a month. So teams are really trying to work on their. You know mistakes and, and, and you'll see a, you'll see a lot of improvement in the next month and you know you'll see some teams that aren't even in the top 25 move up toward the top 10 even in the next month just because these teams are so young you know and there's yep. so and there's so much time to practice over the break there's no restriction on those hours so these teams will really be able to improve uh, in, the, in the next month but I think it'll be exciting so I, know, I guess now we can uh, move into our picks like I said there's not any great games um, but first Ryan, you want to pick the Florida at Duke game, uh, in a couple days. That's on December 6th.
2: Yep. Yeah. Um, I'm just going to go start off with Duke. Um, they're playing Florida's going to, to Duke play it Cameron I, indoor. That's just, I think that's such, such a huge obstacle to overcome in general. But I mean, Duke has looked so solid to start off with, um, so i i think I think Duke's going to come away with this one. So we'll we'll see how that goes. But I'm I'm picking Duke. Who you who you got?
1: Yeah, I, I I'm going to go with Duke. I mean they're beat up, but uh, and it's interesting when when you bring players back. Um, it, this game's actually a Madison Square Garden, Ryan. So it is neutral site. Are you going to stick oh, okay. with the dev- stick with the Devils there?
2: Yeah, yeah, I will. That yeah. I I still I still think that they, they're they're looking way too good to to. You know, to, to fall to Florida
1: Yeah, I, I think Florida's solid And I think Florida has more to play for um, And I think the biggest thing to look out for here As you're watching is When, you know, Tatum just played against Maine uh, Yesterday And so did Bolden um, Harry Giles has still not played yet But it's interesting and, and Grayson didn't play the other day either But I expect him back But it's interesting when you're coming back You know, you're trying to throw Tatum and Bolden in This is going to be their second career college game it's going to be in Madison Square Garden. And just the way the team um, is going to be designed and their rotations and everything is totally changed when you throw in these two guys who really are going to control the ball a lot. So I think you ha- you know that could throw Duke off a little bit, even though they're more talented, just because these guys have never played before um, and their teammates haven't played with them in a live game. Plus, you throw right. them into Madison Square Garden. I-, I think it could be pretty close game. Yeah. Um, closer than you would think um so i i'm really torn on this one i want to go with uh coach white and the gators um just because they need this this would be such a statement for them um and the injuries are uh, a little unknown i'm actually gonna go I, I told you i was gonna pick duke i'm going with the gators that's um, fine let's make it interesting inju- yeah i think the injuries you know i'll probably lose i'm oh four um yeah i'm going <laughs> four. i know um but i'm gonna go with Florida, I think they've played together for the first eight games. They're 7-1, and, and Duke is just – I mean, Frank Jackson didn't play last game. I mean, they're just uh, – it's tough. So, hey, we'll see. It'll be a good one.
2: There we go. There we go. On and the grandest the, stage. The, then the next game we were going to pick, just the other kind of big game coming up on the 17th. Um, we got North Carolina, Kentucky. How do you feel about this one?
1: Yeah, and, and I will say um, Drew went with Duke as well. He had an emergency – um, everything is good, but he had to run. He is a dad, so we understand that. Um, nothing dirty, wrong, but just dirty, had to go tend to that, I think. Dirty
2: diapers everywhere. Yeah, yeah.
1: So uh, we know how that goes. So anyway, but back to the uh, the picks here. Um, I, I really like this matchup. I mean, this is one of the marquee games of the season. Two of the blue bloods of college basketball, right? I mean, this one's at Rupp. It's UNC. I, I think it's interesting. This one's on the 17th, so it is – after mm-hmm. exams so they won't have really played much good competition for like a yep. week so that'll be interesting with conditioning you know sometimes you can lose your conditioning a little bit over exams um Kentucky's got to be fired up after after that loss um and it's so hard to win on the road but that being said I'm going with UNC here uh I don't Ooh. know it'll probably be pretty much a I would think it would be pretty much a, a even even line on this one but I'm going to go with UNC I think they're more exp- I mean they're obviously more experienced if Barry's back, I go UNC. If Barry is not back, I'll go Kentucky here.
2: Oh, man. Going with the stipulation. Yes, stipulation. Um, I'm going to go Kentucky with this one again. Like you said, I feel like they're going to be fired up after this UCLA loss. I think Cal Perry is going to kick them in the pants. I think Malik Monk is going to come out and just dominate. But then, like, I mean, they still, they got a couple games between now and then. Yeah. So. They're gonna, you know, they're gonna get get their confidence back, get their composure. They're playing. Uh, they play Valpo, don't they? They're playing Valpo. Yeah, Valpo is then, solid. Yes. That won't they're be playing, a walk in the park. Well, then they're playing Hofstra Pride. Yeah, Hofstra, the Hofstra Pride. Yeah. yeah. yeah I think
1: they'll win that one big. But Valpo, I, I mean, they have an I NBA so. player in Alec, Alec Peters on their team. I mean, uh, that won't be a walk in the park for a hurting Kentucky team right now. They can't feel sorry for themselves. But I do think they'll win. Um so you're going with the cats
2: Yes, I'm definitely going with the cats over North Carolina in this one but like you said, I think there, it's no there's no chance it's gonna be a you know definitive win either side it's this is gonna be this is gonna be to the wire.
1: Yeah, I agree. this is two teams that definitely have a good shot at the final four. Um, so it'll be it'll be a fun one to watch.
2: yep, absolutely.
1: and Drew's going in with Kentucky shockingly uh, shocker. Keep his wife happy. He's going with the cats. So. Shocker. Um, anyway, so now it's our uh, our favorite and final segment of every episode. The Marshall Henderson Squid of the Week. Um, we've, been waiting,
2: we've been waiting for it.
1: Yeah, uh, this is our favorite favorite part of the, the uh, bi-weekly show. So uh, I'm going to start us off here. Uh, once again, Drew is just MIA. Um, so I think he's got to be...
2: Yep, the squid of the week here. Yep, um, second second know. week in a second week in a row he hasn't given us a squid in the yeah, week because he, of technical difficulties, emergency w- issues. Yeah, we yeah.
1: issues. Um, technical difficulties, whatever you want to call them, whatever excuse he wants to use. Um, so
2: yes, I I agree with that. Drew Miller is definitely the number one squid of the week.
1: Yeah, um, but uh, before that, mine was Isaiah, the original Isaiah, the. Taller of the two Isaiah Thomases at 5'11, um, loved it. He came back. They're honoring him at Indiana uh, versus UNC the other night, honoring their their former team, and he held up the crying Jordan Fathead, um, and he was proudly holding that up, and I thought that was great, uh, just trolling MJ. I don't think they ever got along, so that was that was classic. That made me happy. I think Marshall would be mm. happy watching yeah. from Italy, his new home of of beautiful Italy, where he's playing now.
2: We just we just found that out today. Luke Luke yes. did a little little recon. Do, L- Luke did a little research, a little uh, investigative journalism, and yes. uh, he is in Italy. So we will we, for a little special treat for our listeners. We're gonna we're gonna keep you updated on him. Yes. we're gonna we we're gonna it. follow him and just any anything that he does, we're gonna report back. Yes, make sure make sure that our listeners are are well informed as to Marshall Henderson's whereabouts. Yes. I
1: mean. He, he he was in Cutter, K- and then he was in playing in Iraq, and then last year he would he was in Reno, Nevada with the Big Horns of the D League. So I'd say he took a step up um, in Italy this year. So good, he's yes. not in Reno, Qatar, or uh, Iraq. So shout yeah. out to Marshall. He's he's kept quiet. Go. So so good for him. So he's, Ryan, who, who is your who is your Marshall Henderson squid of the week this week?
2: My squid of the week is a fan. So I don't. ESPN has been playing this clip. It's on their website. It's everywhere. And it is so annoying. So there was this woman, and she was at the SC Northridge Portland game. And she was sitting behind the Northridge bench. And the gym was dead silent when Portland was shooting free throws. And she would just scream bloody murder every single time from directly behind the bench. And ESPN did like a split away did like a split screen, like showing the free throw and showing her. And then they showed her sitting behind like the coach and stuff. Just stop. Just, I mean, this is, this is not, this is not funny. ESPN. You're making, she's making herself look like a fool. Yeah. Don't show I mean, me this. Show me basketball.
1: I mean, shouldn't we give half of this, half of your award here to ESPN? I mean, do yes. they even show sports anymore? I mean, no. there's a, we don't, I mean, they don't show sports.
2: No. I, I I absolutely agree with that. So we're going to... Yes. Yes. We're going to do that right now. We're going to split half of it. Half of it goes to ESPN. Half of it goes to this unnamed SC Northridge fan. So there That's you right. go. ESPN. Get your act together. Great. And Great with call. that... With that... We'll just... We, we got Drew's. Drew, we could read Drew's. But we'll just save it for a later... No. A he's,
1: la- he's lost his rights.
2: Yeah. Yeah. He's he's done. Where even next episode, if he makes it all the way through, he <laughs> yes. doesn't even get he didn't even get a pick. He no, didn't even get to no, say one.
1: Just silence. Maybe he should yes. even get to talk the whole episode. Maybe, radio, maybe we should just do it without him. Uh,
2: radio <laughs> silence on Drew Miller's part. We'll keep we'll keep you guys updated on that. We will. He he probably he's probably lost his introduction rights. He's probably done with the introduction. Yeah, we should that's probably, probably get all, a new one. That's probably all you now. You you can you can come up with something way better than that i
1: mean absolutely i mean what value (laughs) does he even bring we should call this the small large podcast i mean who needs medium anyway no
2: no medium zero medium go big or go home right exactly exactly oh man with that that about wraps it up for this episode we've got a lot coming up with some good games we've talked about some good teams like we said earlier we are very excited to see what happens with the season We are going to keep you guys updated with our Twitter. Go follow us at SML Hoops. We are going to keep you updated here on the podcast. Subscribe to us on iTunes. We are going to stay informed, and And we are just going to be loving watching this college basketball season.
1: And I will note that the next time uh, we're on, we will have all been in the same place Mm. watching Hoops together. So really excited Mm. about that can't wait to see uh you guys maybe drew's lost his invite maybe we won't invite him anymore but uh, yeah that's a we'll talk about that later
2: and we don't we can't can't confirm this right now but we are in the works of hopefully doing a live pod the next the next episode that should be released could very possibly be the three of us live wow sitting at sitting at the same table enjoying each other's company in the same
1: state in the same place wow so
2: hopefully hopefully that will be the next podcast we can't make any promises but yes you guys will be the first to know with that we thank you thank you for listening please give us some twitter feedback shoot us some questions we want to talk about the topics that our listeners want to hear about we would love to hear from you guys we are so happy that you guys tuned in and with that we are out